You ever just get tired? T-I-R-E-D, tired? Someone said that tired is merely an acronym for ticked off, irritated, ready to cry, extremely upset, and done. How about being sick and tired of injustices in the world? Today is the birthday of Rosa Louise McCallie. She was born back in 1913 in Tuskegee, Alabama. Some states like California, Missouri celebrate her on this day, February 4th, on her birthday as Rosa Parks Day. Ohio and Oregon celebrate on December 1st, the day she was arrested. They call that the day of courage when she refused to give up her seat. She must have said to herself for the first time in forever, I am not giving up my seat, I'm done. She said she was physically tired that day, but no more than any other day. Yet she was tired of the discrimination, so she sat down to stand up for what was right. Rosa Parks said, I, have no idea, I had no idea when I refused to give up my seat on that Montgomery bus that my small action would help put an end to the segregation laws in the South. Something seemingly so small having a lasting impact. She pushed against the laws of the day for a higher righteousness. In our scripture text today, we see Jesus pushing toward a higher righteousness, calling us to bring healing and hope even on the Sabbath. So hear the good news from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 to 31. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. This is the good news according to Mark. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the healing hand of Jesus that was sent to save us and lift us to new life. Help us to respond and serve. Amen. They say that behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. And I have to believe that Peter's mother-in-law was plenty surprised in our story for today. A story about a mother-in-law would not be complete without the obligatory mother-in-law joke. One fella told this story. The doorbell rang one morning and when he opened the door, there was his mother-in-law on the front step. She said, can I stay here for a few days? He said, sure, and shut the door. Which opens the door to Peter's tender care for his mother-in-law. First, Peter invites Jesus over to his home and then tells Jesus about his mother-in-law's condition, sick in bed with a fever. Today we ask, has she tested? Does she have COVID? In those days, though, I suspect they were seriously worried about her. Jesus ignores the rules about healing on the Sabbath. He takes her by the hand, ignoring another rule of the day, and lifts her up. It's the same word used later for resurrection, raised to new life. What a gift to Peter's wife to have her mother healed before her husband hit the road with Jesus, knowing that Peter could not make sacrifices that were not also his wife's. The love of Jesus raises her up to new life and will raise us up also. The God who meets us at our lowest point lifts us up. When Rosa Parks was taken by the arm and arrested, I have to believe that in that same tough moment, she was taken by the hand of Jesus and raised to new life. The scripture begins by telling us, <clears throat> Jesus and the disciples entered the house. 
I've actually been to the spot where they think this house was located in Capernaum. It's now an octagonal church. A recent New York Times article recounts an ancient practice for entering the house, the house of the Lord. Rabbi Sharon Bros from Los Angeles <clears throat> found this beautiful practice buried deep within the Mishnah, a Jewish legal compendium from the third century. Faithful Jews would make a pilgrimage each year ascending to Jerusalem. They would climb the steps of the Temple Mount and enter its enormous plaza. And if things were going well for you in your life, you would turn right, <clears throat> circling the courtyard counterclockwise. But if you'd been struggling, having a rough time, brokenhearted, mourning, lonely, or sick, you would make that same ritual walk, but then you would turn to the left and circle in the opposite direction, <clears throat> making every step against the current of people coming the other way. People coming from the right when they encountered someone in pain would look into their eyes and inquire, what happened to you? Why does your heart ache? And a person might say, my father died. There are <clears throat> so many things I never got to say to him. Or perhaps my spouse left and I was completely blindsided. Or my child is sick and we're waiting for the test results. Those who walked from the right would listen attentively and then offer a blessing. May the Holy One comfort you. You are not alone. And then they would continue to walk until the next person approached. I wish we would walk like that today, looking for people coming our way who might be struggling when we are at strength. We need more listening and more blessing offered for there's so much pain in the world. This year you may be walking the path of pain. Next year it might be me. So I hold your broken heart this year, trusting that one day you will hold mine. <clears throat> there are important lessons to learn from this practice. The first is to show up. Do not take your broken heart and go home. Don't isolate. Step toward those whom you know will hold you tenderly. And on your good days, the days when you can breathe, show up for them too. Because the very fact of seeing those who are walking against the current, people who can barely hold on and asking them with an open heart, tell me about your sorrow, may be the gift we both need, listening and acknowledging our pain. Your sorrow scares me. It may unsettle me, but I will not abandon you. I will meet your grief with relentless love. We cannot magically fix one another's broken hearts, but we can find each other in our most vulnerable moments and wrap each other up in a circle of care. We can humbly promise each other, I can't take away your pain, but I can promise you won't have to hold it alone. Showing up for another is a gift. Showing up is what Jesus did for Simon's mother-in-law. I'm grateful for people in this church who show up for each other, who show up for others day after day, week after week. Some days we enter the temple and we go right. And when things aren't going right, we go left, knowing others will care enough to ask, how are you doing? How are you doing? It might mean picking up the phone and calling a friend or colleague who is suffering it means actually going to the funeral and just sitting there, sharing the gift of presence even when you don't know what to say. Yet it also means going to the wedding and to the birthday dinner and to the celebrations. Show up. The second lesson is this. Reach out in your strength when you have it. Anne Lamott said it this way, that it's life's nature that lives and hearts get broken. Those of people we love, those of people we'll never meet, 
She said the world sometimes feels like the waiting room in an emergency ward and that we who are more or less okay for now need to take the tenderest possible care of the more wounded people in the waiting room until the healer comes. You sit with people, you bring them juice and graham crackers and it tastes like bread and wine. Small, tender gestures remind us that we are not helpless. Even in the face of grave human suffering, we need this, especially now, in a time when we feel like our world is heading in different directions. Take the time to ask, what happened to you, especially for someone going in the opposite direction? Be curious about the people swimming upstream, for when we are no longer curious, when we don't try to imagine or understand what another person is thinking or feeling, our hearts begin to narrow. We become less compassionate and more entrenched in our own worldviews. Our instinct is to turn away from one another rather than to make ourselves even more vulnerable. Tell me what happened to you. What's your story? And then offer a blessing. Will you look for people this week who aren't going the same way you are and give them the gift of listening and a blessing? As we come to the table this day, Some are walking clockwise and others are walking counterclockwise, but we all walk toward the table of grace. I will close with a story of healing from the Zillis family in our church. When I arrived here three years ago, I met their son, John, who was in his early 40s. He'd struggled since he was 11 years old with Friedrich's ataxia, a form of muscular dystrophy. John was tired even then, but on New Year's Eve last month, he was in the hospital nearing death. I went up there right after church that Sunday. His whole family was gathered around his bedside. And as people of faith, they said their goodbyes and gave him permission to go. But that was his 45th birthday and he lived through all of it. The next morning, his sister Kristen Poinsett texted me to tell me it was close to the end. I headed back to the hospital. And just after all the family got there, he took his final breath. Yet I will never forget what happened soon after he took that final breath. They said there was one more family member who was on his way. Should we wait? And Lauren, one of the caregivers, was bringing him. I looked at Kathy Brockman for a clue. I knew his sisters were there. And she said, he needs closure too. We're all walking to the left at that moment. In the midst of our weeping and loss, in comes John's faithful service dog, a huge chocolate lab named Chunk, walking in the opposite direction. Chunk jumped up on the chair next to John, then jumped onto the bed and lay down on his back next to John on the bed, letting out a whine and then a whimper as even Chunk knew that his master had gone on. And then finally Chunk turned over. For at night, John would put a treat in his mouth and when he no longer could, John's mom would place it there. And Chunk would gently take it from John and then Chunk would give goodnight kisses and go into his crate. We watched as Chunk gave final goodnight kisses to his master, bidding him goodnight one last time. I believe Chunk would have taken John by the hand if he had one. But I know in that moment, Jesus took John by the hand and lifted him up to new life and healing in the world to come. When we find healing in this world, may we respond like Peter's mother-in-law. Her response was to get up and serve. Some days we walk in and head left, don't we? For the pain is so heavy. And God sends us people to ask, what are you going through? 
and dogs to offer unconditional love and acceptance. And sometimes we turn right for we feel the strength we need. Peter's mother-in-law had been struggling, walking to the left, and here comes Jesus, who always comes from the right, taking her by the hand and changing her direction. And her only response to the healing she experienced was to serve. So friends, whatever direction you approach the table from this day, may you know the God of grace who walks toward you with forgiveness, the God who walks with you in strength, bringing you forgiveness that allows you to serve. May we all take the hand of Jesus and be lifted to new life this day. Amen.